Welcome to the RTO Superhero Podcast with me, Angela Connell, where we explore the complexities of compliance and how to ensure business success within an RTO. This podcast is for anyone in the training industry who wants to learn from my experience as an RTO consultant, RTO manager, trainer assessor, and entrepreneur, as well as the experience of other experts in the training industry. Listen in and let us help you become an RTO superhero that you want to be. Hi, this is Angela Connell from Vivacity, and I'm bringing to you the next uh, podcast, the RTO Superhero Podcast. In today's podcast, I will be going through my audit experience and what is the process of, you know, what happens in audit. Uh, As of today, I've been to over 400 ASPA audits. I've conducted many internal audits myself, but I was never always the expert. I was an absolute novice. As we all do, we have to come from somewhere. So I thought I'd share with you my very first audit. I um, had a history of working in training coordination for a number of training organisations. And uh, the first one was a, a TAFE that I worked at in Newcastle. So I was a temp there um, and I was employed to come in and I was the nasty person that had to ring all of the trainers and say, you know that you know degree you, that you have in education, you now have to do a certificate for in training and assessment. They weren't happy. They weren't happy at all. Um, it was a very interesting role that I had to do, um, and they uh, we had very mixed responses because I was like, "Well, I've got a degree. Why do I need to do a cert for?" Anyway, that was my first opportunity to be able to. I actually started my cert for and training and assessment there. Prior to that, I actually did a uh, train the computer trainer. Uh, which was um, a very long time ago, um, but I had done you know, little bits, little bits and pieces for uh, teaching. Anyway, back to my audit experience. So I secured a position with Hunter Health, and I was working with the mental health nursing programs and cert for in counselling. Uh, we had a range uh, of courses that we were offering, and what I did was uh, my job was as training coordinator. Uh, within this organisation. It was uh, really in my first experience with uh, accredited training. I didn't really have a lot to do with it before. I'd worked with a lot of non-accredited training before. So what I had done was um, uh, was coordinating these cert falls in training assessment. Uh, There was also uh, masters in mental health nursing, I coordinated the trainers, I coordinated the students. And when I started there, there wasn't actually any database. Uh, it was very not very well coordinated at all. And I went in and I actually built a database out of an Excel spreadsheet. And uh, and then I went into and used a built-in um, access uh, database. So I built this access database for coordinating all the students, the trainers, the materials, their enrolments, the, tra- the different training sessions um, and set that all up. I was also responsible for putting all the materials together. Um, I think my very first day I had to, uh, for the first week, sit in a um, small little closet and bind numerous books 
for exercise books for students. Um, and I'm sure if anybody's been in the training industry from the very beginning, they've mostly been stuck in that same sort of position. Anyway, my manager came along and said, oh, we've just got this person coming in and they just want to review what we're doing for our training. And um, I just need you to come along and explain what you do. And I went, okay, yep, no problems. I'll come along. What do I need? Um, well, maybe some student files and some training materials and and things like that. So I got a few things together and I walk in, walked into this room. So it was with my manager and myself and um, the what I didn't know was the auditor from VTAB. So that's the Vocational Education and Training Advisory Board for New South Wales before ASQA came along. Uh, and we were audited. I was actually going through, they're asking me all these questions. I didn't really know who they were. I w- wasn't sure if they were, what, were from New South Wales Health um, or were they external. I had no idea what they were. But we got hammered. <laughs> we got absolutely hammered. And I, I was sort of oblivious to it because I was sort of like, oh, yeah, well, I can do that and I can do this and I'll implement that. And one of the other things that came up was my database. They were really impressed with what I had built um, the database because we back then we didn't have all the database options that we have these days um, so they liked that so I was like phew at least I did that uh, and that was something that I had identified it wasn't until I went to my second audit which is when I started my own RTO um, so I bought an RTO from a club and it had um, hospitality and individual support on its scope. Uh, I couldn't buy the RTO because it was owned by a club, so I set up my own RTO in conjunction with delivering training and assessment under this uh, club. Uh, by the way, I got the job first at this place because I was looking for a training position. I went for an interview as a trainer in business And they called me back the same day and offered me a job as their training coordinator. And six months later, I bought the business. So I took over the business. And that was my first experience at running an RTO. Prior to that, I'd been a trainer assessor or a training coordinator. Wow. Do you learn the hard way when you just jump into an RTO? I learned so much. Prior to getting into the RTO, I had worked, my background was graphic design, desktop publishing, and I had done a lot of policy and procedure writing, uh, mainly for WHS, and um, I was also doing uh, industrial relations and writing policies and procedures for staff handbooks and things like that. So I had had a bit of experience with writing policies and procedures before. And for some reason, I just have a knack for taking legislation and converting it into policies and procedures. So it was a very interesting process. And when I first uh, took over uh, the RTO, I had my audit and um, at the time, it actually took me six months uh, for that uh, for me to get my application submitted and go to audit. And the reason why is they had a change of legislation whilst I was uh, taking over the RTO. So I had to rewrite all of my policies and procedures to the new standards. Um, and it was a, the Australian Qualifications Framework at that stage. Um, I had to rewrite them before I could get my application submitted. 
So it was a major, major change um, in our policies and procedures and that was through VTAB back then that I did that. Anyway, I submitted my application. They came in and did an audit and the audit, oh, my God, it was a nightmare. Um, I think, you know, we had like 80% of um, the standards were (laughs) non-compliant. Um, and I learned so much. So this is back in 2006, um, I think it was, when when I started that. And uh, it was major, like, non-compliances. There was so much work. Um, I had a good auditor who I at least could go back and forth with, and at that time you were allowed to submit. They would give you some feedback and then you'd resubmit. Um, and one of the things that was non-compliant was um, how to prepare cocktails under our hospitality training package. And I wrote an assessment tool in how to prepare cocktails. Prior to that, all my experience was was drinking cocktails. Um, it wasn't actually uh, preparing and serving or I prepared and served for home parties and things like that, but I didn't know the whole process. I learned a lot. I learned a lot about the whole process. And it was when I went through that audit process that I went, oh, I think I actually went through a VTAB audit when I was back at Hunter Health. Um, It was very interesting because I was like, oh, seriously, that's what I was doing? Anyway, I... There was lots of backs and forths with this um, audit uh, for my initial registration. Uh, we finally got it all through. It was very funny because the auditor wouldn't, I'd, uh, I'd say, well, um, you know, I kept going back. He said, no, it's not compliant. I go back, no, not compliant. I go back, no, not compliant. And then I said, can you just tell me exactly what I need to put into the assessment tool? He said, no, I can't. Oh, um, I've heard recently um, that, there's been a number, it's not just recently, I've heard it in the past as well, is people asking, ask, well, why don't you just write all of the assessment tools? The problem is with that is that ASQA is the regulator. They don't write policies and procedures. They don't write um, the legislation. They don't write the standards. All they do is regulate it. They're like the police. So the police are responsible for regulating the law with the community. And ASQA's responsibility is for regulating the standards for RTOs and the national code and the relevant legislation for registered training organisations to ensure that they're compliant with those standards. They're not responsible for you writing all your training materials. It's actually the service skills organisations in conjunction with, um, you've also then got COAG. There's a number of bodies that are involved. Um, so, and, and the big thing is that assessment tools should be contextualized for your target audience as well. So that's really important as well. Anyway, I'll continue on with my audit experience. So, um, whilst I had that RTO, this was up in Newcastle and we expanded into the central coast, I had a couple more audits. Um, there was another RTO that was going into liquidation and they were going to just shut their doors on the students and I took over 76 students in the Central Coast and I basically ripped out everything that they had and implemented my policies and procedures and documents and things like that. Um, I found out a month later after the um 
uh, previous owner had walked away, that he had called all of his students and said, if you pay me today, I'll give you 50% off. So they had to pay in full. So I found that out a month later and I had uh, I was still delivering training for training that I hadn't been paid for. So I'd lost $100,000 that year, but I also made a $100,000 profit. So it was a massive, massive year um, and I learned a lot and I went through more audits for hairdressing and beauty and all of these subjects that I didn't know anything about before and we went through um, quite... Um, quite involved audits for all of these training products that I didn't know. And one of the things that I learned through that process is it doesn't matter what training products you have on your scope. As long as you're very good at managing your team, um, you hire the trainers that are passionate about their industry and what they do. Anyway, fast forward to 2010 and that's when I started Vivacity and I had sold my RTO and I uh, then set up uh, Vivacity and started consulting. And when I started, I did one-on-one consulting and I worked with a range of uh, clients, mainly on the Central Coast and Newcastle area. Um, the big thing that happened is I, uh, within a year, I moved into an office and I hired staff and I did Google Ads. Google Ads was the massive difference um, to our organisation. But then I started going to audits with our clients and I remember distinctly one audit that I went to, um, it was in Victoria and it, well, back in those days, I used to do the pre-audit mock audit the day before the ASQA audit. <laughs> Never do that again because uh, that was I was often up till 2, 3 o'clock in the morning fixing all of their documents before we went to the ASQA audit. And what I found with uh, that first audit in particular, uh, this audit that I went to, there was uh, two auditors One just focused on the policies and procedures and the other focused on the assessment tools and the trainers and assessors. It was an initial registration RTO. Uh, There was uh, two main training products on the scope. Childcare was one, so Cert 3 and Diploma, and the other one was taxi driving. Um, Very, very different. So they tend to go down hard on you when you have uh, such a vast um, array of qualifications that you wish to put on your scope of registration. Anyway, my policies and procedures just got ripped apart. They were absolutely scrutinised to the even to the dots on the I's and the crosses on the T's. Um, it was for me. I felt like they were stabbing in me in the heart and telling me that I was terrible and I had no idea what I was doing. I spent two days in this audit. It was so stressful because I took everything personally. I took everything that was non-compliant personally, um, particularly when it comes to my policies and procedures. Uh, And, you know, this was eight years ago, so it was a long time ago now. And what I also, what also happened, just to make it, you know, extra uh, stressful, uh, the childcare training package had just changed. So, so that was 2008. And so what had happened was the um, whole training package had changed, but there was no training and assessment tools submitted uh, available. We had submitted the application prior to the training product changing. So, but they still audited us, but they audited us on the new training product of which we didn't have anything in place for childcare. So that made it 
even more stressful. I then move forward um, through these audits, many, many stressful audits uh, that I went through. And over time, I learned not to take it personally. Uh, I learned that I need to focus on this is a quality improvement process. It's not necessarily an attack on me. Um, And once I changed my mindset and focused on that, I was doing much better. But one of the things that I would say to myself, I, I started a mantra and the mantra was with every client, I'll get better and better. With every audit, I'll get better and better. And I did. But it was a long haul (laughs) and it was hard work. Um, Here we are, you know, 2020, and now um, we've been through so many audits. Uh, It's like water off the duck's back for me now when I go to an audit. We haven't had non-compliances with our policies and procedures for like four years. Um, It's been a massive difference. Um, You learn a lot through that whole process. Um, So, For me personally, one of the things that I recommend is that in order to be audit ready, you need to have that experience and and don't be hard on yourself with that. You need to really build on that experience and learn or have an expert by your side helping you through the whole process because it's not easy. It's a constantly changing industry. We have so much changing and you need to keep on the pulse of it. And this is what we do day in and day out at Vivacity is we're on the pulse of what's changing um, in the vet sector with auditing requirements, um, yeah, and those constant changes. Anyway, I just thought I'd share with you my audit experience and some of the things that you might want to know about, you know, what, what you need to do in an audit. Um, I will be doing another session on being audit ready. So this is part one. Uh, Part two is about what you should do in order to be audit ready and to be an RTO superhero. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to the RTO Superhero Podcast with me, Angela Pommel. Do you know someone else who could benefit from learning about compliance and business development within their RTO? Please take a moment to share this and any other episode via your podcast app, email, or social media channels. Each share helps us reach listeners just like you who can benefit from our content. The RTO Superhero Podcast is proud to be part of the Experts On Air Podcast Network.